street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Interlocutor in this video is a family friend of ours, Jean. She lives across the street and has been a good friend of the family for a number of years. For this collaborative SE session, we're going to have Sarah, the live session moderator, speak aloud during the downtime so that she can communicate with the Discord audience the direction she would like to see this conversation go. Then the Discorders will type their questions, which appear on the left side of this video, and the questions that she picks, based on relevance, will pop up on the right side of this video. Those are the questions that the interviewer, me, will ask the IL along the way. Before we started, Jean chose to not be shown on camera, so her face is blurred. I asked her if she wanted to participate only 24 hours prior to this talk, and she knew nothing of SE. I did, however, tell her that strangers on the internet would be asking her questions about her deeply held beliefs. In the end, she enjoyed the talk and was happy to have done it. As a general rule, I leave conversations intact, so as to not be accused of cutting out some important part of the IL's belief. However, I cut out some of this talk with Jean's approval. One thing this session illustrates is an answer to the question, should SE always strive to gently challenge someone about their beliefs no matter what, or when there are times when people that are hanging on to deeply held beliefs mostly because it makes them feel better, should we back away so that the IL doesn't risk being challenged too deeply on something that helps them get through their day or their life? I think this talk illustrates a time when it's best to not let the Socratic method interfere with the belief that makes someone feel better in certain situations. Stay tuned towards the end for a demonstration of this concept. What belief should we talk about today, Jean? I think we should talk about how we live our lives. By that, I mean, what do you live your life by every day? What do you do? What makes you do it? And, and why do you do it? Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you kind of live by the golden rule, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And is there is there any kind of supernatural aspect to wanting to live by the golden rule? Um, does that guide or influence you in any way, some kind of supernatural aspect to it? I believe to a degree it does because I believe that there is some higher power or whatever that you know makes us do what we do and it's the way we're raised from when we're a child to old as I am now. Um, but I really do it because it makes me feel good as a person. It makes me happy when I see other people happy. It makes me want to continue to do more. Because I, I don't think people see a lot of love from each other these days. I think it's all, everybody's at such a fast pace that they forget to stop. You know, look at the world. Mm -hmm. Look at what's going on beside you. Does that, is that person okay or are they not okay? Because you see people walk down the street passing somebody because they're too scared to go up to them when they see that they're bending over or something else is going on. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's kind of how I... It's kind of how you see, yeah. how you see the everyday life. Uh -huh. um, living by the golden rule and there is some sort of aspect of a higher power right. to it but that comes from I truly believe that comes from I was born 
into the Catholic faith. I was not, I didn't convert into it. I was born into it. So every day of my life, even from first grade through college, I went to private Catholic schools. So you're with nuns, you're with priests. My mom was a convert, and I truly believe that if you're a convert to a religion, your faith and everything that you do and believe about that religion is so much stronger than someone like me who's born into the faith, and it's just given to me to believe this, to do this. So you feel like being a convert into a particular faith or specific religion gives you a gives gives someone a stronger hold on that belief than someone that was born into it? I do, because okay. I've seen it in real life with my mother, with my mother-in-law, with converts mm. that come in that, that I met. It's like, wow, your faith is so much stronger than my faith. I mean, mine's just here. It's what I was given. It's just, I don't know anything different. You knew something different. Okay. So. Uh, okay. So so you knew something. Sound check. Sound check. Hey, um, a lot of people are having trouble. I'm, I hear everything clearly, but... Uh, SE After Dark is having troubles hearing, and, uh, well, some people already can hear. Okay, let me just turn it all the way up. It is all the way up. Might just have to speak up a little bit, yeah. Also, okay. can you rephrase sure. the topic? Yeah, can you have her, uh, yeah, just rephrase it? Yeah, there, there's, the, yeah, I will, I'm going to reiterate. There is an element of a higher power aspect to it. She feels as though that somebody that's convert into a religion has a stronger hold on the religion than somebody that was born into it like she was. So she was born into the Catholic faith, um, but there's been people around her, close personal family friends, that converted into Catholicism, and she feels like, therefore, that made them sort of a stronger, gave them a stronger sense of it being true because they chose it. They, they, they seeked it out and chose to believe that. So their, their, their faith or their um, conviction that it is true is stronger than it might be for her since she was just born into it. So that's kind of a, a claim that she has, but I would like to kind of delve into the higher power aspect of the team. Can you define the higher power? How does it, what does it mean to you? The high, a higher power to me means that there is more to everything around us than just us. We're like minuscule in this huge world mm -hmm. there has to be something out there that makes all of this possible good bad whatever i mean there is something out there and, and i believe it in my heart i can't touch it i can't speak to it very well because i don't know it like i know you or someone else and i can speak to you but i believe that there is something out there beyond me that, uh, that I'm just a, a speck out there. Okay. Um, with that, let's go with the first question. Hey, everybody. Okay. So I guess uh, we can go ahead and go into the first stage. The first question. The topic is, a convert has a stronger faith or conviction than someone who is born into a religion. So we could probably go into definitions. Okay, so everybody, I'm looking for um, a definition, like a definition of faith, a definition of conviction, um, a, a definition of, you know, even 
stronger or um, something like that to kind of get a baseline. The first question is, what defines a convert compared to someone born into religion? So how, how are you defining um, a convert compared to someone who's born into it? Okay, I was, my parents were both Catholic, so I was born, and when I was born I was baptized Catholic and lived my life as Catholic. A convert is someone who is of another faith or not even a faith. They can come in and they go through all the process of becoming mm -hmm. um, like, gosh, I don't even know, a whole cursio. They do all this kind of stuff so that they then get baptized in the Catholic faith and confirmed and all of that. So that's the difference for me. And so you have someone that you know personally that was close to you that went through that process? Two. Two people. Who are they? Or my don't, mom don't, don't and my um, mother-in-law. Your mom and mother-in-law both converted from some other religion into Catholicism, whereas you were born into it. Okay. Right. And so, therefore, you have a feeling that they have a stronger what towards that religion. Stronger. They have. Okay, this is probably. Let's see if I can explain it. Uh -huh. They actually chose to become a Catholic, so they believed in all of the things about Catholicism. I mean, the Ten Commandments, the I mean, just everything that that the Church <clears throat> ordains and says this is right and this is how you're supposed to live and everything else. So they believed that, or they wouldn't have converted to that religion. So they live according to that. Mm -hmm. Me being born into it. It was just something that was a part of my life from the beginning. I didn't choose. I didn't think about it. It was just here it is. And mm. so I just lived and breathed by it. Okay. Um, I didn't. I but, but I never had the choice to choose it. It was chosen for me. So somebody that is older that has the ability to research or something. Exactly. And then they choose Catholicism or whatever religion. Yeah. That they happen to ch choose because they... Because like they it, believe it. It's their, their uh, higher being, their higher... It gives them a stronger life. conviction towards it right. than somebody that was simply born into it, and therefore no choice was made by the person born into it. Because me, being born into it, uh -huh. I, even though you know I went to church every day from the time I was in first grade through high school, because because I was private Catholic schools, and then when I went to college, I still went to private Catholic college, but I became a cafeteria Catholic, mm. and that's kind of how most of my friends that I grew up and had the same life that I did, born into it, first through first grade through college, or first grade through high school, private Catholic schools, you at that point start picking and choosing. What do you, you know? No, I'm not going to be put to hell. No, I'm not going to for doing this. I mean, mm. you, you, you come up with your own Ten Commandments per se. That's not, I'm not saying that that's what you do, I but, but that's symbolically. What you, yeah, symbolically to know how you want to live and what you want to do, what you want to believe. Mm. I, I don't want to believe if I go do something that you know I'm going to hell for it. No, because then it, that's 
Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's like so wrong. And for someone to dictate to me, of course, I I'm, I don't want. You know, when I look at the Ten Commandments of the Catholic, and you go, "Thou shalt not kill." Well, I'm not going to kill. I don't want to kill. It's not within me to kill. You know, so the commandments are there as a guideline when I'm growing up and then I pick and choose the rest of my commandments that I want to live by and, and how I how I feel about things. I don't think I was ever told that, you know, live your day-to-day life, do unto others as you have them do unto you. That was just something that I came up with myself. I'm sure I heard it, but it was how I chose to live my life. So it sounds like maybe you're saying that, that some of the teachings of religion are inherent or somehow we already know them without being taught the religion. Is, is that a, you know, is that what you're saying or not? That's pretty. Um, if if I went back and I thought about it, and if I because I I've thought about this before, it's like what if I wasn't born into a religion? Mm. What if I like a lot of people were atheists that that we didn't believe in any of this kind of stuff? Did I actually? come to be because I was born Catholic? Uh-huh. Is that what made me be what I, I'm going to be? And I can't give you a true answer to that because I really don't know. Okay. But I, but, but I, you know, for okay. me, I think that that was a part of my path to get me to where I am now. Okay. Because I was born into it. Sure. So, so, so you're being born into it helped guide the path that you that you found your life to be right um and that some 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 close family members their mother and and mother-in-law both converted into it and therefore have a stronger conviction towards it oh yeah I because they it. chose whereas you didn't have a choice you just were born into it okay let's go with the next question okay so let's check confidence level about how she feels about where she is as someone who was born into the religion. Okay, so she says that converts have a stronger conviction than people who are born to it. And then she says that she is born into it. So let's ask her about herself because you could be fooled into thinking that she's trying to make the topic about but she's making the topic about herself when she says she's born into it. She has less faith and conviction than converts. So let's test the confidence on that. How confident, how confident are you, Gene, that that's the case that like on a scale of zero to a hundred, how confident are you that being born into it gives less of a, conviction than someone that converts to it oh I have a high percentage rate on that okay uh, just because if, if, of what I've been surrounded by so if I did it I'd say 85% 85% of people my age that I went to school with that we came up the same ranks mm-hmm. none of us go to church anymore mm-hmm. none of us and I see most of these people a lot you know, it, it, by a lot, I mean at least once a year, and we talk about it, and we say, wow. So those of you that were born into it. That I know. That you know. Mm-hmm. And, okay, how many, how many people are we talking just roughly? We're saying 250 people. 250 people that right. she knows 
that were born into it have less of a conviction. They don't even go to church anymore. Don't even go to church anymore. But they still live their life. I mean, as it's if, not as if. I mean, they still kind of live it by the golden rule deal, like I talk about. You went to mm-hmm, others, mm-hmm. but but the church part of it, going to church, going to mass, going to all of the, you know, stations of the cross, Advent. I mean, all of that. Okay. Even it's, confession. Yeah. They don't do that, but the but the ones that convert that converted into it, they have a different. They have a different story now at this age than they, like like they still stuck with it more. Well. I can only speak for my mom and mother-in-law sure. because they converted into it. Jim was dying. Mm-hmm. Your husband? My husband, Jim, was dying. He was 44. His mother and my mother continued to go to church, pray for Jim. I mean, they did not miss church. I mean, his mom moved down here for the time that six months, and she and my mom were like, and they talked about God, and they prayed for him, and then... The nuns and priests came to our house and prayed for him, and I just kind of looked. I I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't do it. I questioned it. I'm like, okay, okay, if he's so great, if he's so wonderful, then why is he letting a man like this be taken Mm -hmm. instead of someone who kills, who steals, who hurts people? Mm -hmm. I mean, my husband was. I guess, you know, and I'm not saying this because he's dead. I mean, he was a great man. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone loved him. Everybody mm-hmm. was like, wanted more of him around. So only the good die young. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you said 85% was a number that, mm-hmm. to answer the question, 85% confident-ish, yeah. roughly? 85%. I, I believe that 85% of those people like me okay. who were born into it are just like me. They okay. don't they, go to church. They don't continue on. They lose the ritual aspects of yes. it. They lose the, the the going to church and things like that. But they hang on to their belief. Their their belief. But by belief, I mean that you do unto others as you have them do. Some of the teachings. You, and the teachings, okay. and and that there is a God. Okay. So someone that converts might might be able might hold on to it longer, for a longer period of their life as they get older. Whereas eighty five percent of the people that were like you in the regard that you're born into it. Have now lost the, the interest and the ritual of actually going through the process, but still hang on to some of the teachings. Right. Okay. Next question. Okay, everybody, we've got 85%. Next question is, what stops you from having 100% confidence? What stops you from having 100% confidence that that's the case? Good question. Probably because I don't ever think there's a 100% perfect. I mean, there's a 100% anything. I always think that there's a a little variable there. Mm. So I'm giving it a 15% variable. And, and why, you know, why, why not less than? Like why, why, what's, what's, where's the 85 kind of coming from? I respect. There's some right. sort of about, you know, just in your head, like it makes sense. You say, well, I'm not 100% on anything, 
So therefore, I don't want to say I'm 100% confident that this is the case because there's always room for there's there's always room for some unknown variable. Right. So why then is it up to 85 and not some lower number? Okay, because let's say two years ago, um, there was a group that got together of high school, grade school, high school people that we went from first through 12th grade together. And out of that group, I would say there were three in there mm-hmm. that were still sending their kids to Catholic schools that were still attending mass on Sunday. And I asked a couple of them, I said, like, are you doing this because of you? Or are you doing this because you want your kids to be raised like you were raised? And they said, because we want our kids to be raised like we were raised. But once we had kids, we kind of went back to the Catholic faith. So there were a few people in there like that. And by back to the Catholic faith, I mean back to the rituals. So 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 it, so it sounds to me like maybe at your reunion, mm-hmm. um, as you've grown older, you've just that's a the approximate percentage of people that you've seen go go through what you went through was like eighty five ish percent. Right. And so that's why, and it's not a hundred percent because not only are you not one hundred percent confident in anything, but also that you've seen two or three families or something in that reunion still doing the Catholic rituals and routines with their kids and things like that. Right. Okay. Next question. Okay, guys, let's move into the how question. Um, Let's go ahead and roll into your question, Carl. How confident are you, Gene, that God exists on the same scale? Let's say that 100 is I have all confidence and no doubt. Zero is I have all doubt and no confidence that God exists. And how does that correlate with being born into it? And would your number be different if you were a convert? So I know that's a lot of questions. Right. Let's just start with the confidence level that God even exists as you were taught. Can I bring something else into it as to why I believe God exists? Sure. Okay. I believe 100% that God exists. 100%. That, 100%. That, that is God one exists. thing that I can say okay. 100%. And the reason I can tell you 100% that when my husband was dying, I said to him, I said, who's who's here in the room with us? Because I could tell something was going on. He said, God's here, you're here, and I'm here. And then I went on to ask him some other questions about God being there and, and all of that. And this is like within 48 hours of him dying. But he was still clear in the head. And um, the other stuff is personal, and I really don't want to no, share no, no, it. Please. But that is the reason that I truly believe God is there because he said, because Jim even said to me, he goes, Babe, he said, God is here. He goes, I mean that. He said, So I can't wait till I see you again. Your, your husband, Jim. My husband, Jim. Was, was he. Um 
in the hospital? Was he? No, he's home. He was at home. Home. Okay. He died at home in bed. Okay. I was caregiver. Okay. Um. So he. And I he could, said, on his deathbed. Yes. That God is here. I am here. You are here. And that gives, that that is what brings you, among other personal things, but right. those things is what brings you up to a hundred percent confidence level in God's existence. All right. Because okay. he said he would see me again. He goes, be good. And he was funny. Jim was funny. But he goes, be good so I can see you again because I will. Ah. So. Okay. So that's the reason that I can say that 100%. If it's, it's, if it's just in my heart or whatever, I have to believe that. I don't have to. I choose to believe that because it's, it gives me peace. <laughs> you, you choose to believe I it. I choose to believe it because it gives me peace. Okay. I choose to believe what he says. Okay. I don't have to believe it. I choose to. To 100% confidence level. To 100% confidence level. Okay. Yeah. It's what makes me be able to do what I do every day. Okay. So the second part, he mm -hmm. wanted to know if. Yeah, I just I asked if if I mean you say you're 100 percent. So given that converts, according to your claim, might have a higher conviction towards it, how would that relate to it if you were a convert instead of being born into it? Well, it's but I think yeah. it's really hard to answer for someone else though because I think everybody's percentage is different. So some of it's hypothetical, right? Like right, so, I'm just right. wondering, like if in your in your head. Well, since I think that converts have a higher conviction towards believing all the things, I was born into it and I saw some of the inside problems that the Catholic Church specifically was having. Therefore, and so so did many, many of my friends, 85% of my friends, right. um, you know, had less of hanging on to the rituals and things like that. But do you think that that's separate from the God even existing issue? Yeah. You think do. that's that's a different thing? That's a whole okay. different. That, the first claim that we talked about today with converts versus being born into it has to do with the um, ritual. The ritual. Yeah. And and now the God claim, you could be anywhere on the scale. One could be anywhere on the scale regardless of whether or not you're a convert or born into it. Right. Is that safe? Yeah. I just yeah. Okay. It's safe to say that. Okay. And that you're 100 percent confident because of my experience. experience. Okay. Ready for the next question. Okay, so the next question is, if a convert has a loved one that died soon after telling them that God exists, could they gain more faith than you have? If a convert has a loved one that died soon after telling them, t telling the convert that God exists, the loved one told them, right. the convert that God exists, could they gain more faith than you have about it? I don't, I, I mean, if their faith was low, I mean, if they were only a 50% whatever, mm -hmm. then I'm sure it would, because that personal thing, depend depending on who you are, that really touches your heart. I mean, it mm -hmm. makes you believe, and you want to believe when they're dying. You want to believe you're going to see them again. So that adds to you choosing mm -hmm. to do it. I mean, there's a lot more involved in it than just the, the religious aspect of it, sure. being a convert, being whatever. I mean, it's it's a personal. Yeah, and I'd like to focus on that aspect yeah. of it. Um, but I just wonder if, if you know, 
in your experiences over life that right. converts have typically held on to these things with more conviction. Yeah, and so it's the wonder, ritual of it. So I wonder if, like, on let's, let's put it this way. I wonder if, on average, because they maintain the ritual, uh -huh. because they maintain um, the conviction that, that God is real and so forth, right. more so on average than someone who's brought up in it, does that then mean that if you took a pool of, you know, 50 converts and 50 people born into it, that on average, maybe those converts could have a higher level of faith in God's existence than those born into it? If the same situation occurred... Same exact situation same, to all I of them. I believe that converts and those born into it... Uh -huh would have the same thing happen that happened to me. Do you okay. know what I'm saying? Yes, that I it do. would increase for both of them. That that's not a But the, but there's no way to go higher than what you're than what you're claiming to be. No. So you're at hundred percent confidence and there's no way that a convert or, or someone born into it or whatever could be at a higher place than you are right now. No. 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 Okay. Okay, let's ask about um Let's ask about if these types of experiences are a reliable way to find out the truth about the religion or the existence of God. Maybe something like if five people say on their deathbed that God is here and five people on the deathbed say that there's nothing here. How do we know what the truth is? Okay, Nir, I will try to type it up. Okay, I can I can see the question, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. If five people say God is here on their deathbed, if five people say God is here, in fact, people say no one is here. How can we know which one is true? Or, you know, maybe. And there are two different ways to look at that. Mm -hmm. Because Jim was born into Catholicism as well. Mm. So he had the same belief track that I had from the time I was born. Private Catholics, all that kind of stuff. So I think because we were of the same faith, and I think because Jim knew that he needed to leave me with something, mm. that that was even more a part of him doing what he did. I mean, I can't say mm -hmm. it for sure, but I kind of believe that. He okay. wanted to give me my faith back in a way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That there is... It's going to be okay. So for those people who have no faith whatsoever, mm -hmm. are they going to turn to God? I mean, are they even going to think of God when they're dying? Because so those five, it's hard for me to change me because it's a personal thing. It's it's who you're with. Until you've been through something like mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. you can't get it. 
you can't grasp it, and no one can explain it to you in a way that it's ever going to be clear. Mm-hmm. So my experience with what I had is not going to be the same as someone else's experience with it. So, so do I believe that, I mean, if I know five people were dying and my, they were my friends' friends and they didn't say anything to them, and I'm over here and Jim's dying and we've got five of us who say God sees us, well, my friends over here trust me and know me and know my beliefs and know that I'm not shallow or I don't try to speak something mm-hmm. about God that's not there. They know that what's in my heart is what I say and do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I tell them what Jim said, then those people that die who don't say anything about it, it, it doesn't matter because they've heard from me. If Jim had been, let's, just, let's say Jim was a non-believer uh-huh. and yet on the deathbed, so you, he was a non-believer but you were a believer, right. let's just say, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, this is uh-huh. all hypothetical. Um, it's not what happened, I know. But right. if Jim was a non-believer and he would have said, "I see God, you and not you, me and God are all here," do you think he would have said that to help you with no. your? No. No. Okay. No, 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 no. He wouldn't have just said it to say it. Sure, he would have only said it had knowing Jim as you did. Right. He would have only said it if it were true. If, if it were true, if God had actually been there. Right. So, Nir, I like your question about could Jim have been honestly mistaken, but I think there might be another way to word that if someone else can help out. I do want to clarify something that Jane just said while y'all are typing the next question, and that is that she wanted to make it clear that because of Jim's faith or because of his uh, Catholic upbringing, made him know to say that as he was experiencing it to Gene and that it wasn't just um, well, so it would strengthen me so it would make me know that it was there that it so was, it makes so it would strengthen his wife and so that she would know that it was actually there okay, okay guys um, I think it's important to tread lightly because this is a very heartfelt important event in Jean's life. So please be respectful when you ask your questions. Thank you. So I don't think she could have a stronger faith because she's already at a hundred, um, according to your question, um, ambitious stoic. I think it's a good question though, to maybe help calibrate. If you want to go with that, we can go ahead and go with that. Gene, if you saw if you saw God if you saw God using your your own eyes in addition to hearing Jim say that God was also here, so if you had also seen God right. in the room, do you think you could be at some kind of higher level than you already are? No. Would, would that have would that have that wouldn't have changed it changed at all? It at all? No, okay. I had so much trust and belief in Jim uh-huh. that it wasn't necessary it to wasn't even necessary. see him to see God himself. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Nir, I like your question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put that in. Uh, Carl, is it hypothetically possible that Jim honestly thought God was in the room, but was actually experiencing something else? 
is it hypothetically possible, mm-hmm. hypothetical, that Jim honestly thought God was in the room, was actually actually experiencing something else? I would say no, and the reason that I say that is because one other time, and this was a few days before that, mm-hmm. we were very honest about this, and I said to him, I said, babe, who's here in the room with this? Because it was my thing that I did. And he goes, well, my dad's here, your dad's here. Mm-hmm. And they were both, they both died. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and my sister Mary's here. And he goes, and, and I said, so and what are what are they doing? And he said, well, they're just talking to me and, you know, telling me everything's going to be okay and whatever. So, yeah, okay. there was there was too much for me. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a hard hypothetical to do because I have too much going into it mm-hmm. to okay. be able to. So to, to be able to sort that out, yeah. you have too much emotionally invested, too much, yeah. too, of course. I mean, there's a lot here. I know Heart's it's very here. heavy. It's very <laughs> yeah. heavy. Um, so there's a lot emotionally invested in it. So to you, even considering a hypothetical that it could have been something else, doesn't really resonate, doesn't really make sense to you. No, because you know how you read, oh, it's the drugs. Oh, it's the lack of oxygen into the brain that's causing this stuff. Mm. Oh, it's the whatever. I know because I was there 24-7, seven days a week for six months, and I knew what was going on every day, and we were very honest with one another, and if something weird was happening or going on, we spoke it. Mm-hmm. It was so I know that what he was speaking is what was going on. I, I believe mm-hmm. that with, okay. with my heart. I, I don't believe it's the drugs. I don't believe it's the whatever, because... He was actually, his mind was clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am going to shift yours just a little bit and, and, okay. and ask you, because I, I found it interesting towards the beginning of the conversation when we talked about converts versus upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said 85%. One of the things you said was that you couldn't be 100% confident about anything. Right. But, but yet. But this is a different. And, the, and that, yeah, I know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So I find that, I found it interesting. When, because the 85 to 100% is human beings. Oh, Always fallible. God to me is 100%. Not, not. There's not a little variable there. Ah. See, okay. do you see my difference? I think so. We're I think humans yeah. Humans at 85. And humans that are fallible, there might be some variables we don't know. Right. With God, you, you, you're, 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 you're safe in saying 100% confidence because of those experiences and things like that. But there isn't a variable where, where, where God's concerned. He's super unnatural. I mean, he's okay. you know. He's not us, fallible. Ah. Okay. Let's try to move in that direction if we can, if we choose to. Could you give us a little summary? Yeah, the summary is that. Yeah, let's move into the summary is that um, we, we spoke earlier about. Jean spoke earlier when we asked her her confidence about converts versus upbringing, that she was 85% confident that that was the case, and we gave some reasons for it um, with the God claim. And, and, and when she said 85, I, we asked her why it wasn't at 100, um, which is a question that Harry UK came up with, and her answer was that there's just a variable there that may be unknown, um, that she doesn't really, isn't pervy to or something. And that humans are fallible, and so, you know, an 85% confidence is something she was comfortable with. Furthermore, 
she felt like it was 85% because she could not, she, she can't think of anything as being absolutely sure or 100%, I forget what the exact words were, but she said she couldn't be 100% because she couldn't be absolutely sure about anything. Then when we got to the God claim, she did say it was a she was 100% confident the, of the God claim because of her experiences. And when I asked her, how does that, what's the difference there? She said, well, humans are fallible. God is not. God cannot. Uh, she's a hundred. She, she's therefore 100% confidence about God because he lives, he is in a supernatural place. He is, um, it does, it's not in the same category as we humans who are fallible. Okay, so Discorders, let's come up with a question that can help evaluate um, how uh, the God claim gets 100% because God is infallible as human, as compared to humans who are fallible. I think I have a question that I'd like. I'm interested to know what this quarter's type. We're almost done. Oh, no, we're fine. You good? Yeah. Jean says she's good on time, so. It's a beautiful day out here. Can't complain. Okay, my question didn't move over to the right channel, but it is from Juggling Lessons. If you are more fallible than God, can you be infallibly certain? And I think that means, you know, Gene, you're the one giving the 100%, not God. So Okay, so the question is, yeah. if, if humans are more fallible, right, than God, how can we know if since you are since we humans are more fallible than God and you're claiming a certainty of 100%? How do we know that that's, how can you know that you are infallibly certain of that? Good question. My answer would be, honestly, my two answers, I choose to be 100%. Okay. I choose to be 100%. I want to believe it so badly mm -hmm. I want to see Jim again so badly mm -hmm. that I believe it 100% and if I so, didn't I wouldn't do what I've done since Jim died so it's a, it's a choice that you've, you've, you've mm -hmm. deliberately consciously made to choose to yeah, believe I never thought of it that way it mm. just happened you know what I'm saying yeah. and, but you choose things to happen I mean you're the one who like people say I, they won't let me, well, it's, well, you let yourself, mm. do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You make the choices, you make the decisions, other people don't make them for you. So we have a, we, we, we do have a choice in yeah. what, in the things that we believe in. Right. It's a do. choice we make. Okay. And so that, so not faith, there's not, it, it, maybe there's a faith element to it, but there it's is, not, but it's not, it's not what's getting you to the hundred. What's getting you to the hundred more than anything else is the choice that you've made to, to really believe. want to believe it, to believe it so that. So that there is something afterwards uh, so that I didn't just come here on earth, live, die, and it's over. So is it that a, there's more to life. It's, more a, to it's it. a desire. It's a want. Is that safe? 
Yeah, that's good. It's a want. You have to want, want to, to believe it. So you choose to believe it because you want to so badly. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want to believe there's more to life than death. Ready for the next question. Okay, we're going to wait for this plane to play. Plane to pass. One moment, please. It's flying into Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Go ahead with the question. Okay, Anthony Magnabosco asks, if for some reason we concluded we don't have any good reason for thinking God is real, would you pretend to believe it anyway? If for some reason we concluded we didn't have any good reason for thinking God is real, would you want to believe it anyway? I would want to believe it because you always want to believe there's something better. Um, and this is where it gets really tough when you're talking to someone old like me. Mm -hmm. okay? okay. I have so many life experiences Absolutely. and I'm on the back half of my life and I don't have all this stuff going forward. And I've learned or been taught or all of this stuff along the way. So at my age, you're not taking it away from me. Okay. Right, right. But if I were younger and you asked me that question, I'd be I'd be going, well, yeah, maybe there isn't, whatever. But mm -hmm. I've had too many years mm. of, and think about it, Jim's been dead 17 years. I've had 17 years of my belief where I am right now, 100%. Sure. Sure. So to take that away at this point and give me a hypothetical, it's, I'm not going to challenge you. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm right. I'm right. good where I am. Okay. So that's kind of my answer. I love it. That's great. I think that's a great spot to end i really do i think that was i think that was cool and uh thank you so much for opening up to us and kind of letting us in on even though you know obviously they can't see you and things like that they can only hear your voice but i really appreciate you opening up the way you did and uh, uh i think they learned a lot i think it was interesting what we talked about with converts having perhaps more conviction in their in their their belief system there may be someone that was brought up in it some of the problems that you saw having been brought up in it and that you um felt like you had a more ability to question those things having been brought in, up in it and that you have met many many of your peers that have felt the same way that being brought up in it allowed you to question it more whereas somebody that converted into it had a stronger conviction for it is that true? Yeah. And that some things we can be 100% certain on based on our personal experiences and that we choose that we choose and that we, we, we do have the ability to choose our beliefs and that um, you believe in 100% confidence that God is real because of that person, those couple personal experiences and your, and your desire, your want to believe it. All right. Well, thank you. I want you to again thank you so much and thank the discorders for joining in um and i really appreciate it guys if anybody has any other things to let me pass on to miss jean here i would be glad to do that i just want to say thank you jean you did a great job 
she said they said you did a great job and Thank and thanks for <laughs> thanks for being so open and uh we'll leave it at that the Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization. 